0: Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Cannot serve God and mammon. Now I'm going to read you one more verse, you don't have to turn there, but it's Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I titled the message this morning, Serving Two Masters. Uh, from what little bit of the Sunday school lesson I heard, it sounds like y'all kind of already touched on this, so this must be something that God wants to stress today. Um, but you know, as I was praying, this hadn't been my best week, um, I haven't had any any problems in my life. There hadn't been anything come up that was uh, tragic or anything like that. But this just hasn't been my best week as far as how well I've served God. But God showed me that the problem I was having was because I was trying to serve God and myself. You know, that that Scripture said that thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, that God can be Uh, a physical thing that we've declared to be a god, like maybe Muhammad or or Buddha or whatever, that some human has thought up and decided that's what we're going to worship. But it can also be yourself. And so this first thing I want to talk to you about is me as God. It's real easy for us to get to a point where we're focused on ourself more than we're fo- focused on God. Uh, you know, God should take precedence over everything in our life. <clears throat> but what God showed me was that I had put myself first. I I'd become a master in my life. And that Scripture told us that you can't have two masters. You can only serve one to your fullest. So when you try to serve yourself and God, what's going to happen? That Scripture says that you will hate one and love the other, or else you will hold to one and despise the other. Now, I don't have any hatred in my heart toward God. But what I noticed is that when I begin to serve myself, serving God becomes something I dread. Now, I try my best to always just be as transparent as I can with y'all. I want y'all to know that I struggle with the same things you do. And that's what I've noticed this week. When I don't spend the kind of time with God that I need to, when I don't put God first in everything I do, that becomes the thing I don't want to do. It becomes that much harder for me to want to read and study His Word, spend time in prayer with Him, and to to live a life the way I ought to live because I'm serving myself. You know, I've also noticed that when I'm not where I ought to be with God, it affects the way I deal with other people. Because I'm now concerned about myself. I'm not concerned about the things God would have me to be concerned about. Jesus said that the second greatest commandment was that we would love others as we love ourselves. When I'm not about His business, when I'm about serving myself and not Him, that is not as important to me anymore because I'm concerned about me. You know, God wants us to put Him first. But He also wants us to, after that, put others ahead of ourselves. It's sometimes easy for us to put off serving God until another day. There's a lot of times I come home from work, and, you know, y'all listen, I'm tired when I get home from work, but I don't get out there and build fences every day. You know, I sit in the office most of the day. There's days I work a lot harder than I work other days. But... My work generally does not involve physical labor. So that tiredness when I get home really bleeds more into uh, wanting to be lazy than it bleeds into I'm actually physically tired. So there's plenty of times when I get home and I think, well, you know, it's Monday. I got six more days before I really have to be ready to preach or anything like that. You know, I can just, I can, tonight I'll just take it easy and tomorrow I'll I'll worry about reading the Bible and all that. Well, then Tuesday rolls around and guess what? Oh, I still got four more days. I, I got plenty of time, you know. Before I know it, it's Friday. And then before I know it, it's Saturday night. And it's time for me, I better have gotten something together by Sunday morning. That's what happens when I'm putting myself first. I'm putting those desires that I have, the things I want to be doing, is I'm putting that before God. So now I've become my own God. Because the things I want to do are now more important than what He wants me to do. <clears throat> There's something else I want to... Another section or another thought is material things as God. You know, God created everything in this world. Now, God didn't create my car. God didn't create my house. But He gave man the the knowledge to invent things. He, he put in man's mind the ability to come up with stuff. I don't believe that God gave us those things. I don't believe He created the things He created without the intent of us enjoying them. You know, some people enjoy the outdoors. Some people love to get out and hunt and fish. And me, myself, I like to get out in the woods and ride four-wheelers and all that. And that's all fine. But there's a point where you can put those material things, those other things that not really yourself, but it's things you enjoy doing. Things that, you know, it may even require money that that you might be misplacing. You might be putting it somewhere that it needs to be somewhere else. You know, you can spend a lot of money hunting and fishing and riding four-wheelers. You can spend a lot of money uh, fixing up your car or or painting your house, or or doing all this stuff. And I'm not trying to tell you all not to enjoy those kind of things, but that you've got to put these things in the right order. There's a certain precedence that needs to be set. We need to make sure that we're taking care of what God wants us to take care of before we take care of these other things. The next thing is uh, Satan and sin as God. I want to read you all another scripture. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Now, you all kind of bear with me on this. And really, if you haven't read this before, you need to go back and and read it and spend some time understanding what this means. Because, you know, Paul was a master of... What I sometimes like to call double talk. He could just he can he can say things in a way that I can't figure out until I spend some time really digging through what he was really saying. And this is one of those. This is a hard one, so y'all bear with me as I read it. Romans chapter seven, verse fourteen. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do I allow not, for what I would that I that do not, for what I would that do I not, but what I hate that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent under the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good i find not for the good that i would not for the good that i would i do not but the evil which i would not that i do now if i do that i would not it is no more i that do it but sin that dwelleth in me i find then a law that when I do, would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of death, of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Now that's a mouthful. But what I want you all to understand, there is, a, there is a whole lot of truth in that Scripture. And if you have trouble understanding that, don't, don't be afraid to go look at another um, version of the Bible. You know, sometimes the King James Version is is a whole lot harder to understand in certain things, and it may be better to get something else so that you understand what this is talking about. But I'm going to try to be real basic with you about what this says today. Paul is talking about this struggle that goes on within each one of us. Look in verse 25. He says, "So then, might the mind. So then, with the mind." I myself serve the law of God. Now, that's he's talking about your spirit man right there. He says, but with the flesh, the law of sin. <clears throat> so he's saying that when you want to do good, you still do evil. It's the sin that is alive in you that is doing it. It's not you. Now, I want to explain that Paul is not trying to shift the blame off of Himself onto something else. Now, be sure you understand that. He he is not trying to say, it ain't my fault. What He's saying is, look, when you're born again, you become a new creation, the Word tells us. You become a new spiritual person. But when that happens, there's now two... Members in your body. There is the spirit man and there is the fleshly man. What Paul is saying is that my spirit man wants to do what's right. My spirit man wants to follow the law of God. But the fleshly side of me still wants to sin. It still wants to live in that kind of thing. Now the point I want to make to you today is that sin can become a God in your life. If you don't allow that spirit man to grow and become stronger than that fleshly man. When that carnal man rises up and says, No, I'm stronger than you today. Today I'm going to have my way. And we're going to do things the way I want to do them. That's when sin becomes a god in your life. Because you have allowed that sinful nature to have precedence over that spiritual nature. You've now put it in a place that that spirit man ought to be. <clears throat> now, I hope y'all don't have that problem. But I know I do. I know there is often times that, that, you know, I don't want to do the things I do. Just like Paul said, but I still do them. If there was anything I could do to prevent that, I would. But, you know, there is things we can do. The Word tells us that, and I've quoted this to you many times lately if we walk after the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's okay to be tempted. Temptation is not sin. Now understand that. You know, it's easy for us to feel condemned sometimes because we're under so much temptation. That's not sin. Sin is not being tempted. Sin is when you fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you allow that temptation to take root and become what it wants to be, when it becomes sin, that's where the problem is. Now, you know, I would be foolish to think that I'm going to live the rest of my life and not sin. It's foolish for us to think that we are going to be able to put that old fleshly man to death and not ever have to worry about it. But let me tell you something, as long as he's still kicking, as long as there's still a thread of life left in him, you're going to have to fight that war. There's a constant war going on between spirit and flesh. When You know, Paul's talking about when... I do the things I don't want to do. It's not me that does it. It's the sin dwelleth in me that's doing it. What he's talking about is being a slave to sin. Now, <clears throat> we read this scripture that says you can't serve two masters. Now, think about this stuff in terms of masters and slaves. We Y'all touched on this some in Sunday school this morning. A servant doesn't do things because he wants to. He does them because His Master has told Him to do it. Because that is His duty. That's His purpose in life, is to serve His Master. When you become a slave to sin, you don't do those things because you want to do them on your spiritual side. You do it because that is your Master. That just changed... By saying that and getting that understanding, that just changed the way you ought to feel about sin. Because now it's not just one of those things that's pleasurable for a season. When you realize that you're allowing sin to take charge in your life, you are allowing sin and Satan to become your master. Sometimes it's easy to kind of gloss over sin. But when you put it in terms of Satan is becoming your master, that's a little more powerful. You start to realize then that it's not just my own desires that I'm allowing to take place and to have charge in my life, but it's Satan. As I was praying last night and God showed me that, He showed me that when we allow sin into our life, No matter how small, no matter how insignificant, we are giving place to the devil. Now, we talked a couple weeks ago about being bought with a price. We belong to God. But you know, we can give place that doesn't belong to us, but we can give a place to Satan in our life. And when we do that, we just open the door for him to come in. We we just opened up to somebody that we don't belong to. <clears throat> I've got a couple other scriptures here I want to read you. James chapter one verse seventeen says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variables, neither shadow of turning. Romans chapter 8 and 29 says, "...For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren." Now, I read you those two Scriptures because they kind of tie all of this together. You know, we talked about these material things earlier that we enjoy doing, and that first verse I just read you says that every good and perfect thing comes down from, from heaven. It comes from God. So don't feel like you can't do some things that you enjoy doing because everything that's good that doesn't lead you into sin, it came from God. God chooses to bless us with those kind of things. But we've got to remember who they come from. When we remember that those things come from God, we ought to be giving Him the praise for them. We ought to make sure that we're not allowing the, the created things to take place of the Creator. It's, this world often wants to worship the created things. You know, even the Israelites, when, when Moses was up on the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments, they decided they was going to build them a golden calf to worship. They would rather worship the thing they could see, the, the thing that was created, than to worship the one that created it. It's too easy for us to do that. We we start to look at all these nice things we have and, and things that we enjoy doing, and we put those so much higher than... The time we ought to be spending with God doing the things that He would have us to do. Whether it be praying, or spending time in His Word, or helping other people, or whatever it may be. That last verse I read you says that Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. I was listening to... Jensen Franklin this morning on the TV, and you know, it's amazing how God will give you a word, and then you hear somebody else preach the same thing in a different way, and then you come to church and you hear the Sunday school lesson that's talking about the same thing in a different way. And I promise y'all, I didn't sit and look at the Sunday school lesson last night when God gave me this Word. And I sure didn't watch Jensen Franklin before his message was on this morning. But what he talked about, he was talking about the first fruits. He was talking about giving of yourself to God from your first fruits. He was talking about putting God first. And when he got back to what the old Scripture says... God commanded them to give from the first. He said that the firstborn of everything was His. The firstborn lamb, the firstborn whatever was His, the firstborn child. Do you realize that they had to redeem their firstborn child with the blood of a lamb? God told them either redeem it or break its neck because it's mine. It's not yours. That Scripture says that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. He was the one that was sent to redeem us. We use His blood to redeem us so that we're not in that situation. God commanded them to redeem donkeys. Things that were unclean had to be redeemed by clean things. And that, that's what we are. We're unclean. And y'all are probably wondering, what in the world does that have to do with what we're talking about? Well, what I'm trying to tell you is that we are the brothers of Jesus. We are His brethren. But because He was the first, the best, the the first fruit was given to God, that the first fruit was given to given to God to redeem us. When you put God first, you know that may be in your ties, that may be in your first time of the day, whatever it may be. You 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 decide what God has laid on your heart. But when you put God first, all that other stuff not only becomes less significant, but those things that you worry about, you wonder, how am I going to pay my bills? You wonder, how is it that I have time to do all this other stuff because I've got so much to do? But when you give it to God first, Miraculously, those things just work themselves out. Sometimes it don't seem like it's going to. Sometimes you may get down to the wire, but God will provide for you. You know, when uh, Abraham took Isaac and offered him as a sacrifice, God provided. God provided a ram to redeem his son. Just like God provided in that situation, He can provide in in your situation. But what did Abraham do? He gave of his first to God. He put God first. You know, he could have had these selfish desires and said, No, God, this is my son. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep this for my own. But God said, No, the first is mine. After that, you can do whatever you want. It's yours then. But that first first is mine. We've got to put God first in everything we do. Because when we don't, I tell you, y'all don't want to feel like I felt last night. You don't want to be there. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but It's not a good feeling. You know, there's a weight that was on me. Because I knew I had just wasted an entire week not serving God. Now, listen, I I didn't get off and and just fall off into the middle of some big sin or or anything like that. I'm just telling y'all that I did not serve God last week. I served myself. I was looking out for number one. Me, I wasn't looking for what God wanted me to do. I wasn't looking for opportunities to speak up for God. I wasn't looking out for anything but myself. And when you come to the point where you realize that you had just wasted that time, It is a terrible feeling. I don't want y'all to go through that. I don't want y'all to feel that same kind of heaviness because it's not a good thing. It's not a joyful thing. The Word tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season, but the end thereof is death. You can spend however much time you want to living that way, but... If you continue down that path, there ain't but one result. And you know, when you go down that path, at some point, if you're going to come back to God, you've got to turn around. And unfortunately, God don't just pick you up. You know, I look at uh, these board games when me and the kids were playing a game of uh, Candyland the other day. Have you ever played Candyland? Well, you'll hit a certain point where it'll tell you to go back to this other point. And if you're at the end of the board and you hit that thing and you've got to go back to the beginning, man, my kids were crying before we got through playing (laughs) Candyland. Now, this is supposed to have been fun, you know, but sin is the same way, it's supposed to be fun. But what happens? You get down to the point, God don't just pick you up and move you back to where you're supposed to be. He sends you back. So that means I've got to go back and redo what I was supposed to have been doing this week. And I don't want y'all to have to do that. Y'all stand with me. Father, we just thank You for this Word today, Lord. We thank You that Lord, first of all, I thank You that sometimes the even though the chastisement is rough, Father, You do it because You love us. And Lord, I hope there's somebody here today that, that can learn from my mistakes and not have to make them on their own. Lord, I just ask that You be with each one of us, Lord. God, I say this so many times, but I really mean it. Help us to stay focused on You, Lord Jesus. There's so many distractions in this world. There's so many things that that would would want to take precedence in our life. And Satan ain't going to tell us. He's not going to warn us that, that we're about to slip up and put something before You. That's exactly what he wants us to do. And Father, just help us to stay focused on You. If we stay in Your Word and we stay in prayer and communication with You, we'll recognize when we're slipping a little bit before it's too late. And Lord, I just ask that you be with each one of us today and keep us safe and protect us. Go with us and help us to keep you in the forefront of our mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.